This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning. Welcome to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton with you this morning. We're back in the studio and uh, with us this morning is Sue Richter, who heads up the Vermilion County Museum, and we always enjoy talking to Sue, but especially this time of the year because um, this weekend is the big event. There's so many things going on in the community right now. It's just I know. wonderful. So you got the Winter Sounds concert uh, Friday night and movies at the Fisher and all kinds of fun things happening. Well, you can have something really special by going to the museum. So talk about the Christmas open open house. Yes, we've made some changes this year due to COVID. We're not going to open the big buildings so people don't have to worry about lingering and close. So we thought, well, maybe since we could be open at Christmas this year and have an event, that we would go back and <clears throat> rejuvenate the candlelight walk where people can come through. They can tour the museum so they can still wear their mask. Everybody can socially distance. And they can speak to some of the historical characters from Vermilion County's past, see the the beautiful decorations and the museum in a different light altogether. So what we're doing is we're actually starting at 4.30 in the afternoon because this gives time for individuals that don't like to be out after it gets too dark to come. And then we'll be done at 7, since it's a Sunday night, and children do have school the next day. We figured the last group can come in at 7. They would be out of there by 7.30, quarter to 8. So if you have children and you're bringing them, they're not getting home too late to get ready for school the next day. Absolutely. So it's a unique chance. We haven't been able to do this, of course, in quite a few years. So we're really looking forward to it. And the individual actors that are portraying our historical characters are really excited about being able to do it again. They are. They always are. It's always fun to dress up and right. do fun things. Let's clarify, though. Uh, so this, this event is only on Sunday, correct? Only on Sunday. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just want to make sure. Yeah. Get it straight for everybody. It begins at 4.30 and ends at 7. 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a charge for that? No. It's free. We have sponsor the... Uh, First Farmers Bank in Oakwood and Hoopston is our sponsor for the open house again this year. So consequently, there is no charge. Excellent. Which is great. All right. So let's talk about what people are going to encounter. I know uh, Mr. House was here for (laughs) Pearl Harbor Day. And I was asking him how it was going. And he said, well, by now I've done it enough times that I just dress dress up and stand there. And he said, mostly I don't do much of anything except stand there until the kids come in and they want they want to ask questions. Or something. Right. So, which so is, he says, then I try to appropriately respond. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's he's coming over to uh, pick out his Dr. Fithian clothes today and uh, to pick up his hat. And then we've also convinced uh, Sherry. I know. This to is be a big our deal. downstairs maid. Yes, and Ms. we are really excited about that. Mrs. House is a maid. We, we It's typecasting because Sherry cleans better than anybody I know on the face of the earth. <laughs> So to put a rag in her hands and put her to work cleaning, she's great. She's yeah. set. She knows her lines. <laughs> so she's kind of looking forward to it, I think, and we are. And then Nancy Henderson will be doing Mrs. Barkley again so people can get Stella's story. Uh, Jamie Coutant will be doing Mrs. Fithian. So occasionally she may yell over the banister at the doctor downstairs, but we're never too sure. Brooke is going to do Mrs. Holloway up in the Georgetown room. And, of course, we have our carolers in the parlor from Danville Light Opera. 
Yeah. Um, you know, this. You, how long have you been doing this event? Uh, the On and off for quite a number of years. I thought so. It's It's been a while. Yeah. We started out years and years ago. Don and I were reminiscing the other night about the first uh, candlelight walk we had where we really, at that time, that was a, a Saturday and a Sunday. Uh, we weren't too sure on that Saturday night where everybody came from. but it was wonderful people enjoyed it uh and we did it for quite a few years and then with all the events that everybody had going on we kind of put it in hiatus for a while came back a couple years ago but then decided well this is appropriate again to come back and just do the fifthian home and have the characters on a year when we can't do a lot of craft work and close work in the other building and you know we this way we don't have a santa claus so we're not you know, exposing people to anything and, and stuff of that sort. We hope to go back to be able to do the two buildings next year again. Well, and we both know, uh, truthfully, the Fifian House is pretty darn impressive. I mean, Yes, it is. It is the most impressive thing. The museum's lovely, has wonderful information, and great to, to go through the big building uh, of the museum. But the Fifian House has always been and will always be uh, the magic place. Right. It's, uh, it's where people can, because so often you use actors to do, to do parts. You have, you know, you have folks playing characters. It brings history alive, and people just love that. Well, we decorated in the Fithian home. We did all of our decoration because of our volunteers being tied up with different family things. So we, I don't like to decorate too much before Thanksgiving. Anyway, I think, you know, let's celebrate the holidays as we have them. So we did on Friday and Saturday of last week do all what we consider the basic decorations in the Fithian home. And we had just finished and come back over to the main building. And we had a young couple come in with their little girl that wanted to tour the Fithian home. So uh, Aaron took them back over and Aaron said, you know, it was really cute because she said the little girl walked in and she started looking around. She said, this is beautiful. Uh, She's like four years old. And I said, you know, people don't decorate their homes like that. You know, it's not something not that everybody does anymore. And to come in and see the garlands and the colors and everything, each room, you know, done. And then, of course, the Garden Club came in I was going to say, let's talk about the Garden Club. Sue just showed me pictures of these absolutely beautiful floral displays that the Garden Club has done. My gosh, it's worth going for the tour just to see these. Just to see them, Oh my yes. gosh, it's just, they're beautiful. This was the Petal Pushers group, and this is what they do. This is their focus and their interest. And they have done this for oh, over 10 years for us. And these ladies come in, and they're like busy little worker bees. And they're you know, saying to everybody, where did you find that color? And where's that? And I need this. And what should I do in this face? But they really, this year, the the, the arrangements are They're really, stunning. really stunning. Yeah, they really are. Because what they've done, uh, 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 looking at the pictures that Sue showed me before we went on air, uh, they've really taken each room mm-hmm. and focused the floral display for that room specifically on the wallpaper. Yeah. And the the decorations and the design of that particular room, and then use the floral displays to enhance that, and it's really it's, well done. It is really well it's done. Professional quality yeah. stuff. Yeah, and you know, it was there was ten of them, 
really talented ladies and uh, young and old, all ages. And that was great to see. And they had a lot of fun doing it. And we have a lot of fun having them come in to do it. And then we run around and place, they get them done and they, you know, they know which room it goes in. It's all marked for them. And, uh, you know, if they, if, like you said, if they have a few questions, they'll dash up to the room and look at it to see and then come back down and then they, they go through afterwards to see how everybody's arrangements look. So, uh, We're going to go ahead and go to break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the characters, uh, the historical characters that you're going to get to meet when you go to the museum uh, on Sunday. And we will do that in just a moment on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton in the studio this morning with Sue Richter, the executive director of the Vermilion County Museum. Sits right there on uh, Gilbert Street. Uh, you fly by it every day at 60 miles an hour or whatever you're going, although your speed may be reduced now because the traffic is so much traffic heavier because of the Carl horrendous. Project. It also, by the way, does have on the second floor the best view of the Carl Project. If mm-hmm. you want to go get an up close and personal view of what's going on over there, there. They're able to watch it as it evolves. Um, but we're talking uh, uh, talking today about Sunday afternoon uh, at the at the museum, Christmas open house, a wonderful time, 4.30 to 7 on this Sunday. No charge, but what an experience and what a chance to... <sighs> I, I, when you have characters, you know, you have actors playing characters, People always enjoy that because it tells the story of our community. Mm-hmm. So talk about it. We know Doc, Doc Fithian. And how do you do this? You know, I was talking to, to Mr. House Tuesday when he was here. Um, you know, and it's not really like a lot of lines that you have to no. memorize. You have to be able to answer some questions. Answer questions. And then we have our regular docents from the museum and board members are on each floor also. So if, you know, if the character doesn't know, they can refer them to the docent who can give the people the information. And then they can kind of guide people around. We do have people come in. What they do is they come in the front, they go upstairs. If they're able, they go down the back staircase, which is a thrill and a half in itself to use the main staircase. Yes, I recall that. (laughs) And then they come back out into the dining room. If they're unable to, then our docents can lead them back down the front staircase. So that's kind of nice to have them on hand. So it doesn't make the characters feel like they have to know everything about the house or anything. They, They have... Some of them have done it before. We do cue cards for a lot of them so they know the specific information on the character they're portraying if it's someone they haven't done in a while or they just need that light refresher. So it's really, really kind of nice. And for somebody like Mr. House who's played Dr. Fithian, uh, and I know the late, great uh, Dave Downing was always fond of doing uh, Dr. Fithian, um, but Bob's done that multiple times. Yes, he has. So he's familiar with Doc and... Kind of understands that because Dr. Fithian was his own unique individual. individual. Yes. He really was. And I'm and, not too sure if the doctor would have been real happy to have the house all open like this oh, for probably Christmas not. because that wasn't in his demeanor. But, <laughs> probably you know, not. He'd have been throwing shoes at everybody as they were coming up the front porch. Give, give just a little bite of history of, of Doc Fithian. Uh, doctor came from Ohio, actually purchased over 3,000 acres west of Danville 
close to where the town of Fithian is today. That was part of the property. Uh, came here. People said, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to grow crops. And they said, how? Tall prairie grass, taller than a man on a horse. And they said, well, how are you going to do it? The prairie plows wouldn't plow it. He said, I'll raise cattle and let them eat it down. <laughs> and then he had developed a prairie plow himself. He held a patent for one, which is what he did. And so he had quite a lucrative cattle operation out there initially first and uh, of course was elected to represent the people at the legislature in the house of representatives in vandalia illinois which is where he met mr lincoln and they formed their friendship at that time as both whigs early whigs not yet republicans and that friendship would continue throughout lincoln's life and he would often visit the doctor so that's why we have the Lincoln Room in the house. It is the room he slept in, and it is the bed he slept in. I think that's probably, uh, out of all the things in the house, um, um, Stella's story, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that tugs at our heartstrings, and then Lincoln being in the Fithian house, sleeping there, stepping out in his stocking feet onto the balcony and, and all of that. And making Those that speech. Those stick in your head, you know. Right, and when students come, it's a special room because... They walk in the doorway, and usually the first thing we say to them is, you're walking on the same floor, because it is the same floor, that Lincoln walked on before he ever thought of becoming president. And it, it makes it down home to them. Absolutely. It is, this was a normal person that visited with someone during a time of political speeches and things of that sort, but that actually had a friendship with someone you know, that lived here in the county. He actually had a lot of them with people that lived here in Vermilion County. But the thing of it is, is it, it makes it really, really real to them. And I think that is what is unique about that house. Even the second owners, the Feld Camps, down through the Barnharts, they all had a sense of the Lincoln history. And I think that's what's really, really unique. Well, and that's why we go to Springfield. That's why we go to the Lincoln uh, Museum, which is, I think, one of the best anywhere. I, I absolutely love that museum. We've been there many times. And it is stunning to see what they've done there and brings uh, President Lincoln alive. And, his, and you there's, know. there's so much as people travel throughout Illinois. We're like the first stop coming from the east. Yes. And so we're the beginning of that heritage quarter. And we get so many people in that just want to know, oh, where should I go next? Right. I mean, there's 45 counties to choose from that are now part of that heritage area. And each individual site has its own uniqueness that is just really hard. You know, some are strong connections just to Lincoln himself. Other are fleeting connections to Lincoln or things relating to it. The Underground Railroad, uh, you know, progression across the state. I mean... It's just, it's Illinois a, is wonderful in its history. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, it sounds kind of geeky, but it's true. It's, it, like, means something to stand on uh, a floor that, you know, President Lincoln walked on. Uh, uh, look at a bed that, you know, he slept in. I mean, th- those things mm-hmm. bring history alive, and that's really all you are trying to do, do right. at the museum is to bring it alive. Quickly give us a little rundown, because it's been a while since we've talked a lot about it, uh, the Broken Heart story. 
of well, the Pythian House, which is a classic. Well, Stella Barkley and the Barkley Room and Stella being a young girl, 18 years old, and falling in love with someone who really wasn't who her parents had chosen for her to marry. I mean, their their culture that she came from was, you know, the parents choose the young man. And this wasn't what Stella wanted. And Stella went with her mother to Indianapolis and went to Alice Ayers and they got her wedding trousseau and everything. And when Stella returned to Dan- to Danville, it was during a time with a lot of different illnesses, almost like now, diphtheria, scarlet fever. And Stella got very sick. But um, she really didn't want to go through with a marriage that... You know, she knew she wasn't going to be happy in. So she kind of refused to eat, refused to take her medicine, and she died close on Valentine's Day. You know, which is, is kind of like, this is really weird. And, of course, she's buried out at the cemetery. She They took a death mask of her face, so her angel has her face on it. So it is unique. And the students... Of course, love that story. Oh, absolutely. It is. So, you know, and, and Nancy portrays Mrs. Barkley, and it's just really wonderful for her to be able to tell people the story from the mother's perspective, you know. Yeah, which you don't really hear. An only child, yeah, yeah. you know, and um, what this all, you know, meant to her. Yeah. There's uh, one of the things that I, th- I find so amazing that we don't always fully appreciate are all the stories of Vermilion County. You and Don have done a great job with, especially with the cemetery walk, things like that, where actors have portrayed these folks and and come out from the tombstones to tell their stories. Again, it makes history come alive, and it really makes you appreciate. My gosh, we have such a wide range of folks who founded this this county and that's and why, made it grow. That's why I think our members uh, who join. Appreciate the Heritage Magazine that gets. Absolutely. Because it tells these stories, oftentimes of individuals they didn't know about, or happenings they didn't know about, places they didn't know about. And so, you know, it's really, really unique. Um, the last issue we had, the story of the hemp plant in Muncie. And it was just strange the way we got the information. Someone had donated a scrapbook. It had the whole story of hemp in it and its production during that time throughout the Midwest because it was Wisconsin and Minnesota and Illinois and Iowa when all the farmers were planting it because of its need. But to have that small slice of history here and then afterwards we did find a picture of the plant that was out where the GM plant was because there was a hemp processing plant there. So we put it in the back of this issue. But just things like that that people will say, oh, we didn't know that. Yeah, That's, that's, that's really a- unique and the re- it's that surprise factor that I think is so cool. Mm-hmm. The recording of history that previously people weren't aware of. Absolutely. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we want to talk about how easy it is to be a member of the Vermilion County Museum and a uh, pretty good deal for you. So we'll do that in just a moment on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton in the studio this morning with Sue Richter, director of the Vermilion County Museum over on Gilbert Street. You need to go if you have not. Uh, we, we think sometimes that history is dry and boring. It is not. And um, if you want to know about this county and how we got to where we are right now, you need to go spend some time at the museum. All that aside, if you just want to enjoy the beauty of Dr. Fithian's home, 
and uh, the Christmas season. Sunday is their open house, 4.30 to 7. You just show up and you go from room to room. You can have a conversation with Doc Fithian if you'd like to. Mr. House will be happy to talk to you. <laughs> um, Sherry House will be in the back cleaning in the kitchen, I think. Um, there are all kinds of characters. Stella Barkley's mom. Um, the Beckwiths will be there. Oh, Beckwiths even. Ooh, yes. big time stuff. All right. But go and enjoy. It's a it's a wonderful, wonderful activity. Uh, the whole family will enjoy it. So let's talk a little bit about memberships and how the museum is supported, how y'all survive, and what I get if I if I join the museum. Well, our memberships are the lifeblood. There are contacts um, for the museum, and memberships make wonderful gifts, especially this time of the year for Christmas. And with your membership, it gives you admission to the museum during regular hours at no cost. And then you get the newsletter and then the Heritage Magazine, which were one of the few county historical societies across the United States that actually does a publication. Really? I did not know that. Yeah, a lot of state historical societies do, but, you know... Uh, county ones normally just do their newsletter and that they don't usually do a, a publication so you do have the benefit of that it also makes you a, a member of time travelers which is through the missouri state historical society which we partner with so this gets you discounts at different museums and places across the united states historical societies art museums and things of that sort people that deign to participate so this kind of a lot of times it might just be parking but if you figure some of these places it's five and ten dollars just to park you know that really makes a difference and then also it does give you advanced warning for any events uh usually we have reduction in tickets for things uh book sales and things of that sort so uh what are we looking at for a for a membership well what is increasing is our individual membership will go up to twenty five dollars uh uh, or goes up to $30. Our senior membership goes up to 25 Individual goes up to 30 And family goes up to 35 It's a $5 increase in those three categories. Then also, as of January 1st, our door fee will increase. So it will be $5 to tour any one of the buildings or $7 to tour both of them. And basically, it's utility costs, paper costs, postage yeah. costs. You know, we're all like everything else with the same thing. And, and we have put off doing this as long as we could again to, to make the museum still a viable place. But our major source of income is our endowment fund and contributions the people give throughout the year. And this includes just for general operating expenses to build the capital in the endowment fund and for special projects. And you all do a fabulous job, and I know that from your grants that have been submitted to the Vermilion Area Healthcare Foundation, where I, I can see your budget, I can see what you do. You all have done a fabulous job, you and your board, uh, of managing your money uh, in tough times. And so we salute the the hard work that you've all put in. That said, we've only got a couple minutes left. What's coming up next year? Next year, we're going to renovate the front porch, the floor of the front porch. Uh, over close to 100 years ago now, when they put that piece of con- those slabs of concrete down, they put them on a wood base. Yes, they it did. It would only last so long. 
<laughs> so the flooring will be redone. Then eventually we'll move back into the inside to finish the hallway in that. Uh, we're hoping, we're not sure what the Lincoln Open House will bring in February because we're not school sure with schools and having students participate. We're hoping we're going to be able to in some way, shape, or form. We're looking at that. And then we will have our quilt show again next year, and we hope to have a quilt auction in the month before. We have individuals that are donating quilted items that we will be able to auction to raise, you know, a silent auction type thing to raise funds for the Museum Society. And most of the funds that we raise go towards the school program or a specific exactly. project. What about some of your, like, cemetery walk, route, uh, the routes, uh, the Route 1, Route 1? Uh, the Dixie Drive no, those, and all that. No, those events still are still on hold. We are getting our school tours back as classes, as classrooms, not as classes. So we're really happy about that. And actually, the teachers are loving it because to bring 20 or 23 students, they can spend the time and nobody's rushed. And so it's really wonderful. And with the price increase, one of the things the board decided to do, of course, 12 and under for children are always free. We never charge for children and uh, to tour the museum. And there used to be a dollar charge for teens. That has been completely dropped now. So 17 and under are free. Well, that's terrific. Yeah. And what a great opportunity, again, to go and learn and explore. Um, there isn't anything boring that I've seen yet in, in the museum. There's uh, lots of excitement and lots of things to learn and do and see and feel and understand about where we started right and how we got to this point uh which y'all do a, a terrific job of displaying for us so that we can enjoy it so pretty good but in the meantime sunday afternoon we, we, we want you to go visit the museum and and do all of that but in the meantime make sure you're there sunday afternoon at four thirty. Mm-hmm. no fee no charge and just enjoy yourself it's, you're going to have so much fun and those beautiful floral displays. Yes. So be sure you take advantage of that. Thanks for being here. Appreciate you're welcome. It. Glad Merry to be Christmas here. Merry Christmas to you and Dawn. Um, join me tomorrow. We'll be back on Zoom with Jeff Favre from Catlin Bank. We've had a little snafu the last time, but we'll have him tomorrow. And we're going to get an economic update as we look at shopping and everything else facing us right now. So join us tomorrow for Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. I'm Linda Bolton. Danville's Talk Station, 1490 WDAN Danville, W284DD Danville, and online at vermilioncountyfirst.com. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.